Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. My son Stephen called on the phone this afternoon and he said his next message is going to probably be on the ultimate, the ultimate challenge for the believer. And he said that is to be holy as the Lord is holy. The ultimate challenge. It sure is it, is it not? Be holy. We're in an unholy age and people are talking like there is no God at times or that He doesn't take note of what they're saying. But the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth beholding the evil and the good. And then if you would have your finger over in Isaiah 51, I want to read a verse there as well. I'll tell you, here's a young man who had the blessing of the Lord upon him. By the way, Joseph, some would think because of all the confusion in his home, and even Jacob himself, his father, said, Few and evil are the days of my pilgrimage. I guess if you just wanted one wife and you ended up with four wives, you'd say the same thing. Very interesting is that I'm told that the Muslims are allowed four wives. It's unscriptural. Then after they have their four and they're not satisfied, they have their mistresses. Sounds like Mexico. I'm telling you, I don't believe in that. By the way, Joseph... Joseph had one wife. And the Lord Jesus Christ has one wife. And we're His wife. Hallelujah. We're the bride of Christ. Many great men in the Bible never had a wife at all. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were eunuchs. And then the great Jeremiah. He was made an example. Never had a wife. John the Baptist never had a wife. Adam only had one wife. He only had one woman. If God had wanted him to have more, he'd have given him more. Amen? I'll tell you another thing is moral purity is very precious to God. And it needs to become precious again in America. There was a day when a young girl was, uh, was considered... A virgin. Because they were all virgins in the communities. By the way, I just read my Bible about Rebecca, And as Eliezer went out to find a bride for Isaac, it said it was the time that the, the uh, servant Eliezer went out there, type of the Holy Spirit, getting a bride for Isaac. And Isaac is definitely a type of Christ as he was offered up by his father there and then didn't have to kill him because there was a ram caught in the thicket. But Isaac, when he went to get a bride for Isaac, and the Bible says that that Rebekah came out, and the Bible says she was a virgin. What the Scriptures implies there is only a virgin for God's Isaac would do. Amen? 
And then she had to be the right kind of girl from the right background, the right family. How Israel got into trouble when they intermarried. You say, what's that all got to do? That's the Bible, friends. God gave those directions. God was the one who caused Abraham to send out for a bride for his son Isaac. Sarah died. I'll tell you, we need to make much of what God makes much of. And, the, and Joseph, I want you to know, Joseph was a man of God. And he was pure. He was a type of Christ like no one else in the whole Bible was a type of Christ. Even Isaac lied down there like his father did Abraham about his wife, said she was his sister. If you don't find anything, I know that, I know that Joseph sinned, but there's no record that I know of in the Bible. You say, well, he... He, uh, he disguised himself and played a trick on, on his brothers. I believe that was all of God to get them to get their attention about how great the God of Joseph was. So you make much of your, your children's purity. And you make, make much of the fact that it's wrong to go out and lose their purity. And you parents just supervise them everywhere they go. Amen. You be in the, in the you you just you can sit in the front seat with the young man driving and your daughter in the back seat. For all I care, amen. They don't need to get together until it's time to get together. And then you parents need to stay out of it after that too. When she comes running home to mama, well, you done three. You made your bed lying, girl. You thought you wanted them three years ago. You just don't want them now. Too bad. You got him. Amen. We'll pray for you, but go on home. You're not going to come and stay with me. Amen. Some of these these mothers, they're tender-hearted and they want their girls back. Well, you can't have them after you give them away. Just give them away to the right man. You won't have such problems. Amen. Well, we have a Bible here. Thank God for a word of truth. Let me read this verse over here in uh, Isaiah. goes along with what we preached this morning, chapter 51, verse 2. We'll stand and read that in a, in a minute, but over 37. 37 of Genesis. Stand with me for a few moments, please, as we read from the book of books. None other book like this book. The Koran is nothing like this book. We witnessed to a fellow uh, Tuesday night between the times that we talked to that young lady who professed faith in the Lord, and I'm telling you, he had a low view of the Bible. And he had a low view of God. And he had a low view of Jesus. And that's why I left him with you, Nathan. I had no time for his foolishness and, and all his thinking he's so smart and he's so spiritual. And he can reach God. He, he was knocking down. He said, you worship a book. I've heard that a lot. I do. Amen. You can't get saved without this book. God's magnified His Word above all His name. You cannot be saved without hearing the Word of God. Faith only comes one way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Not by some tree talking to you. Or some sky talking to you. 
Well, I got moved. I don't know what moved you, but I'll tell you, when you get the Word of God in your heart, it'll move you. And unless you hear the Word, you cannot be saved. That's the only way faith comes, by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Well, you found your place. Genesis 37. Verse 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger. In the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. There's a teenager for you. 17. Was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah. And with the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. So many people say, well, I, this is my upbringing. That's why I did this sin or that sin. Well, I want to know why Joseph didn't sin like that. There was only, he only had 11 brothers, all by different wives. And he lived a victorious Christian life. No excuse for sin, friends. No excuse for sin. Let's go on a little further here. His father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. He was a little brown brown noser, wasn't he? He was the apple shiner. He was the, the young, naive one that loved God. Where were the other brothers? If they, he brought up their evil report, they were doing evil. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. Just like Esau hated his brother Jacob and wanted to kill him. And just like Cain killed his brother Abel and could not speak peaceably unto him. Verse 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? What were they saying here? Were you little runt? We'll find out if he's a runt. Not very long he's not. He's the favored son. Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. They hated Jesus for His words and for His visions and His knowledge of God. Look at verse 9 with me, please. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to, uh, to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the sayings. And then it goes on. 
They put him in the pit. Turn over to Isaiah with me, please. We talked this morning in Sunday school in the preaching hour about being blessed. And at the beginning of the service, we said, God bless America, for if she's not blessed of God, she's in bad shape, friends. And that goes for us as well. God bless us. And if we're not blessed of God, we're in trouble. We're in great trouble. We need the blessing of God on our lives, on our families, on our community, on our city, on our state, and on our nation. We must have the blessing of God upon us. And look at 51 verse 2. Isaiah 51 2. Look unto... Look unto Abraham your father and unto Sarah that bear you, for I have I have called I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Let's read that verse together, please, verse two. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Our Father, bless the word now. We praise thee for it. We think of the life of uh, Joseph. We think, dear God, of Jabez, as we mentioned him this morning, and we'll mention him again tonight. We think, dear God, of all thy blessings upon Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now Joseph. And Lord, we need to be blessed of thee. Our country needs to be blessed of thee. Our president needs the blessing of God to lead our country in this war that began, really, in all, all essence, about 11 o'clock today. Eastern Standard Time in the planes being sent over there and the bombs are already flying and the missiles are already shot off the ships and so forth. And dear God, they're, they're, they're moving on them now. And we pray for safety. We pray for wisdom. May we keep our eyes fixed on the Invisible One, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and our only hope in these terrible days. We know, dear Lord, that September the 11th, the war was on since that time. And we pray for those that were so greatly misused to the extent that, dear Lord, their grief will go on 6,000 and many, many more. Dear God, will be grieving for a long time over the loss of their loved ones and their friends and their neighbors. Dear God, we pray for safety for our troops. Pray thy blessing on the word tonight. May we get a little glimpse of heaven. And fire us up, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We need the blessing of God. Over in Jabez, that's very interesting. It says in uh, 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, we quoted that this morning, but it says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me. The hand of God, God was with Joseph. There when he was in the pit, God was with him. When he went to the parlor of Potiphar's house, God was with him. When he went to the prison house, there for over two years, many more than two years, for he was forgotten for two years, God was with him. And he went when he went to the palace, God was with him. And tell you the truth, God was with Joseph all the way, friends. And if you walk with God as Joseph walked with God, God will walk with you. But as we said this morning, you've got to want his presence. 
You've got to want His blessings. You've got to desire as the heart pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after Thee, O God! When I was just 16 years old and even earlier before I got saved, I wanted to know this God of glory. I wanted to know this Christ who died for me. And after I got saved, I really wanted to know Him. And that's the key today. We ought to want to know and love Him more. Serve Him better. Stephen gave me that little thing about the ultimate thing is to have the holiness of God. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Then I quoted to him, I told him a couple of things I preached this morning. He said, well, you already preached that one. Amen. He's great. Amen. We've got to know His holiness, His greatness, His blessing. I want you to know the Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. I want you to know that Abraham was more noble than many of his kin. He sure was than Lot, was he not? And then Isaac was more noble than the others. He was blessed of God. And Jacob was more noble, surely, surely than Esau. For he was profane, the Bible says. He despised his birthright. And I want you to know that Joseph was more noble than his brothers too. I know there was Judah, but thank, but thank God Joseph was more pure than Judah was. Thank God. Joseph only had one wife, friends. Amen. He, he didn't do like Ju Judah did, went in and to the harlot and all that's told there. I know he's the Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. I know that. And Judah was blessed. But I'll tell you what, Ephraim was enlarged. Joseph, he's the favored son. I'll tell you what, Reuben sure messed up, didn't he? The firstborn. He went up to his father's bed. Thou art unstable as water. What kind of water is so unstable, isn't it? He said, you're unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. You young fellas need to keep your purity. You young fellas, you need to stay away from bad girls. He said, who said so? Preacher Harvey just said so. That goes for you, Joseph and Nicholas and Junior. You're Junior, aren't you? Okay, Rodney Junior. You fellas, you better, you better keep yourself pure. Stay away from wicked women. Joseph did. And it paid off. He had, to, he had to be put in the pit by his brothers who hated him and wanted to kill him. And then he had to be put in the parlor and he refrained from sinning with Potiphar's wife. And so he goes to prison for doing good. You might have to do that sometime. What about all the martyrs in the Bible? They lost their life because they stood up for Christ and stood up for purity and for the Christ of Calvary. And I want you to know that Christ is the pure Christ. He's the sinless Christ. That fellow Tuesday night wanted to tell me that Jesus had sinned. I said He did not sin. I said he, if He'd sinned one time, He could not be my Savior from sin. No, He knew, who knew no sin. Oh, He said when He was a child, He said, He did not sin! You say, I can't figure that out. You can't figure out how He was virgin born either, friends. You cannot, you cannot tell, uh, you cannot explain how he spoke the worlds into existence, but he did. You can't explain the new birth either. And I want to tell you something. I, this book is a miracle book. 
I was thinking about this glorious Bible I have in my hands that he was making little of on Tuesday night. I don't remember his name, but God knows his name. And he better get his heart right. He's going to burn in hell. That's where he's going. Thinks he can know God through nature. You cannot know God through nature. Nature can direct you to the Word of God and the God of the Word. But you get saved only by faith in this Bible. The truth in this Word shows you the Christ of Calvary. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm so glad He saved me. I, I, I sought Him, though. You, need, you know, you, you don't seek God first of yourself, but God seeks you out, and then you start seeking the Lord. I tell you, this Word is wonderful. Thank God for the Word of God. You cannot explain salvation. You can try. But how do you explain the, the miracle of the new birth? No more can you explain the wonder of this book. In natural terms, you cannot explain it. It's a miracle book from a miracle-working God. People, they get all this education and they find out there's errors in the Bible. I don't need a university training. If I can believe the Bible when I'm young, I want to believe it when I'm old. You're better off not having that kind of education. Educate yourself right out of believing that the Bible is the pure, inerrant, infallible, inspired Word of God. And I really don't have any confidence in these people who have had as much education as I have and as much exposure to truth as I have, and they're using a different Bible and a different translation on top of it. We just had a couple missionaries come through here. And I thank God for Brother Morrow. He told me, he said, he, he, had a, he had a fight with even one of the missionaries. He had a fight with all the missionaries down there in Guatemala. They were, one of them wanted to get and do, uh, do things that he didn't believe were morally right. And he said, this is what I believe. You can believe that if you want to. This is the way I believe. I don't go mixed swimming. They said, well, we're going to go in, we're going to go swimming. He said, well, I don't do that. But he even had trouble with another older missionary that he liked and, and was working with because he's using the wrong Bible in Spanish. You know, most of the missionaries that are down in the South American and Central American countries like Guatemala, are using the wrong Spanish version of the Bible. They're using the 1960. Rene And they don't have hell in that Bible like they do in the Antigua. The antique Bible. Give me the antique one. Give me the old book. This is 1611 translation. But give me the 1602 Spanish or the 1500 version that's the one I want. I don't want the 1960 version because it leaves hell out. I listened to a man on the radio this morning. Boy, he sounded pretty good. And then he says, and he and left his soul in Hades. Well, my Bible says he left his soul in hell. I don't need the Greek word. Just leave it like it is. I want the translated word. Do you realize the NIV? I looked up a couple of verses. I found a couple of little IV, NIVs. A little one of them was, a, uh, it had a camouflage cover on it from the army. And the other one was just a regular little one, the whole Bible. And so I looked up that word over there in, 
uh, well, chapter 3 of Daniel. And I see three in there. One like under the sun. No, four in there. One like under the Son of God. Well, there's the, the wrong version. The NIV says one unlike. Just like the Revised Standard Version. That was the bad version because they changed the virgin birth and said a young maid in Isaiah 7.14. Well, I looked it up in the NIV and it was just like the Revised Standard Version. And I One like unto a son of the gods. You know, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and then there was a fourth one in there. And those two versions, the Revised Standard Version, that's the reverse version they told me in Bible college and they were right because it was done by the National Council of Churches. I don't want anything that the National Council of Churches has given me. I don't want Sunday school literature, nothing they have. Amen? They're a bunch of liberals. And then, that's the RSV. That's the one I had in my Methodist church, the reverse version. And then the NIV, exactly the same. But the King James says, one like unto the Son of God. No, I, I just, give me the old book. Give me the old book. It says, ask for the old paths. I want you to know Joseph had some character about him. We need our young men today to have some character. And if you older people don't, don't think that that was proper for me to tell these three young fellows to keep themselves pure, you are out of your mind. You don't know all the distress in the hearts of men and women who have defiled themselves unnecessarily because they, they fell to sin. You young men, keep yourself pure like Joseph was. You won't have all these bad thoughts that have to get out of your mind. I'm far from what I ought to be, but I've only been with one woman. Her name is Brenda K. Whaley Harvey. You got her whole name, didn't you? She's homesick tonight. I've only been with one woman. That's good for me. And it'd be good for you fellas if you preach. Amen? The Bible says that we're to be holy. Keep thyself pure. And any of you that have had a problem one time in your life or whatever, you need to just leave it and just let it die and forget it and let it serve God. But don't you in, you, you should keep it quiet because you may discourage some of these others who are think God's blessing your life in such a wonderful way. And they'll say, well, I can sin just like he sinned because look at how God's blessing him. Hmm? Did you ever think about that? Hey, did you ever think about that? Some of you don't think very much, do you? Amen? So if you've had bad things in your life in your past, just leave them alone and just shut up and don't bring them up again. And don't tell your children about them. There's some things that were not as drastic as that in my life and I brought them up to my children and I should have never done it. Just little meanness and mischievousness that I got involved with and it wasn't profitable. Just thank God that you didn't get involved any more than you did get involved. Amen? Talk about pure things and lovely things. I'm telling you today, they almost don't even want to talk about virginity. I think it's a nice thing to talk about. I thought, I thought that when I, when I saw that sign, I saw that sign in the place... Pure gasoline. I just like the name pure. Pure. We need a revival of purity. Purity. They 
used to call the old timers in America, in the early part of America, the Puritans. They believed in purity of life and thought and walk and actions. And that required them to stay far away from anything that might even look like it's impure. That takes work. That takes strength. That takes fortitude. That takes some real character and some real vigilance. I want you to know Joseph was on vigil because he was in love with the Christ of Calvary. When that woman came up to him and said, come sin, come lie with me, come sin with me. He said, how can I sin against God? Your husband has given me everything but you. How can I sin against God? And then before it's over, he's running for his life and he left his garment, but he didn't lose his testimony. He lost his coat, but he didn't lose his purity. He could live with himself, couldn't he? Amen? May may not be a bad idea. Hey, I said it might not be a bad idea for you, you mothers, if you did go to the marriage altar as a virgin. Might not be a bad idea. Amen? To let your kids know about it. Amen? Don't tell them about the other side of it, but it wouldn't hurt them to know that their mama was a virgin when she married daddy. Amen? Or daddy was pure when he married mama. It might not be a bad idea in this filthy age we're in. And say, thank God, God kept us pure. You don't say anything great about yourself, but it's only God that can do that. Joseph. He was hated by his brothers. You know why? He was dreaming about God. And God gave him that dream, friends. And he brought up the evil report of his brothers. We're in this age today as if you don't, should never tell on anybody who's evil. I think they'll revamp that a little bit with all this terrorism now. They might revamp their, their uh, thinking about whether they ought to snitch on somebody and tell somebody that somebody's doing bad or evil. Must we all get blown up? Well, we have a mixed-up society. Well, when I went to Bob Jones University, they said if, you, if someone was breaking the rules and you didn't tell on them, then you were as guilty as they were. Whoa! And I wasn't used to that. I came from New York. Buffalo, New York. Oh! And they were all, you know, you wouldn't think about telling on your friend about, you know, copying and stealing answers and everything else. And I went to Bob Jones and I had to think that thing through and I said, you know, they're right and I'm wrong. I was taught wrongly about that. By the way, the word jealousy. Most of you have been taught wrongly about jealousy too. Jealousy, one of the names of God is jealous. It's in capital letters. God is jealous of His bride. We're His peculiar treasure. We're His jewel. We're His pearl of great price. We're His, friends. You ought to be jealous over your bride. Amen? Everybody keep their hands off her. She's yours. Amen? You tell these women to keep their hands off your husband too. Amen? Get up in your husband's face. and You maybe just be good and just push her out of the way and just look her, look her right in the eye. 
or just get the other way, and you get push her out of the way, and then you just look in your husband's face like she's doing. Amen? You say, this is the craziest church I've ever been in. Yeah, you need to hear more of this. This society is so upside down and backwards, you think I'm crazy, and I'm the only one who's got any sense around here. Not in this church, but I'm talking about this society out here. Go to the mall and see how they're dressed. Go to the colleges like we were last week. The state college, the biggest college in the whole country. They dress like a bunch of bums. Going to class in short shorts. That would not have gone in my day. You had to wear a shirt and a tie. A nice shirt. You couldn't wear blue jeans in, in, our, in the public school. I didn't say the private Christian school. The public school. And the girls had to wear dresses. Until the 60s, they had to wear dresses in the public schools. I think we're going crazy the wrong way in our country. I said till the 60s. That was the revolution. The rock and roll rebellious revolution. Before that, men looked like men and women looked like women. You could tell that's a man, that's a woman, that's a man, that's a woman, that's a little girl, that's a little boy. Now you don't know what in the world it is. By the way, their hair is or their dress. Amen? I think it's a mixed up society. When these Muslims have greater sense about covering up women, I know they're all wrong and everything else, but... And then they can allow, they're allowed four wives, all kinds of foolishness, wickedness like that. Man, we could use a little more modesty in America. Brother Milton Martin, he brought his, he brought the ones out of Mexico in the summertime here, and he said, I'll never do it again. Brought the natives out. He said it was slanderous the way the women dressed in America. It was awful. Embarrassed. They thought we were godly America. They dressed better down there than we do here. Well, thank God for Joseph. Thank God for Jabez. He was more honorable than his brethren. I want you to know Joseph was more honorable than his brethren. His oldest brother, who should have been the pure one, he messed up the whole thing. He even committed incest. He said, Jacob shouldn't have had four wives. No, but Reuben shouldn't have gone up to his father's bed either. And you know what? When Jacob was there to give out the blessings, Reuben got it all, didn't he? There was no blessing for him. Unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel. You better keep your, you better keep your morals straight. Keep to your wife. Keep to your husband. You better watch out for that internet and all that filth you're watching on that internet. You better get you a filter. You better get five or six filters. Some of you as trashy as your minds are. Hello? You thought your husband was so pure in his thinking, didn't you? Boy, you women need help, don't you? They need help, don't they? These women. They think, they think that men are just like they are. They don't understand us either, fellas. Amen? I think they understand us a little bit better than they do. We do them, the women. But they don't understand us. Mm, just unbelievable. The media is so filled with filth today. Filled with 
filth. Boy, the FM stations. The only thing that I didn't like about our new car is the AM doesn't work. I don't know what's wrong with it. The FM works. Two, two bands of FM. We maybe ought to get that fixed because I like to listen to my news, KLBJ, but on the radio. But that, those two FM stations, I've tried to find something decent. It's the most trashed up junk. I did find one Christian station on there, and the music was all junk on that too. I couldn't find anything. Is, did you all know that FM was that bad? It is the worst junk I've ever heard. Trashy talk, talk show, trashy everything. I was thankful when I went down to Stevens for the ordination because that was news, you see. That's all they did is broadcast the news about the problem that took place that very day. But I... I came when I came back, and after I came back, I tried to find some good things like that, just even common sense news. And, boy, just junk, just everywhere. People are talking like they're thinking. Their thinking's not very smart, not very biblical. It's terrible. Well, you have your place in 37. Let me just go through those, and we'll be through, and we'll have our time of communion. You know, God said that He would bless. Abraham, because Abraham was faithful. Faithful in his walk with God. And Jabez, faithful in his walk with God. And you see over and over and over again in the book of Isaiah, and then all through Genesis, you see over and over again that God blessed Abraham. God blessed Abraham because he obeyed the commandments of of the Lord. Well, I think if God could keep and bless Joseph, I think he could take care of you. Why do we have this idea today? Well, they're like their surroundings. We we have more Bibles than we've ever had in our country. Amen. Have the book. Just got to get your children reading it. Make sure you read it. Pray over it. How come, how come Joseph could do so well? Do you think Joseph had him a Bible down there in Egypt? Do you think he had a Bible in his coat pocket? I don't think he had any Bible, but he had the Christ of Calvary in his heart. His training that he'd received under Father Jacob and what he'd heard about Abraham, Isaac, and then his father Jacob sustained him in those many years that he was away. Say, how many years was it? Well, he was 17, and he went to the throne at about 30 years old. And Jesus started his ministry at about 30 years old. So what is that, 13 years? He was 13 years, about 13 years away from his training and from his place of worship. And yet he walked with God because the Lord will sustain His own. The Lord will take care of His own. How did Job do? They believe Job was before the law was given. So how in the world did Job do it? I don't know. Somehow Job found out that, I know that my Redeemer liveth! 
Job knew some things, friends. He knew he should pray, and he prayed for his sons. I think, I, I think the only thing that, that was the help of Joseph for those 13 years was prayer to God. Communion with God. And it says that the Lord was with him in Potiphar's house so much that he blessed he blessed Potiphar and all that he had and prospered him. Then he was put in the prison because Potiphar's wife wanted him to sin. And it says the Lord was with Joseph in prison and the, he was prospered and blessed there because the prisoner, the one who was over the prison, gave the whole prison to Joseph. You have no excuse not, not to live for God. After you get saved and you know the Christ of Calvary, whether you have a Bible or you don't have a Bible, you can pray. The early church was a praying church. How much time do you spend in prayer? Believer, friend? Well, not as much as I used to, preacher. Well, that's why you don't have the power you used to have. You don't have the joy you used to have. You don't have the sweetness you used to have. You don't feel blessed like you used to feel blessed. You're not reading the Bible like you ought to, and you're not in prayer communion with God. Remember when prayer was really precious? Now it's just work, isn't it? Come on now, I'm trying to get down to the nitty gritty. Prayer is work. But it can be sweet again. Get sin out of your life and really hang on to God and ask God to get a hold of you. Just ask God to get a hold of you and jerk you every way He wants to until you're right with Him. He might have to do some jerking around. Lord, change every thought, change my thoughts in, in, in accord with thy thinking. Do with me whatever it takes so that I can be walking in the will of God every day. Walking in the Word of God every day. Walking in the blessingness, blessings of God every day. In the blessedness of His presence every day. Isn't it? Isn't it easy for we that are saved to lose the sweetness of His presence in our busy, active duties, even at church? Doing good things and still we can lose the preciousness of His presence. Oh, we can preach our polished messages. We can teach our polished lessons but all oh, the presence and power and preciousness of Christ needs to be there again. Isn't that right, Jody? Isn't that right? Remember a while back when we weren't working at Ace and we had all this time to think about God and pray? Amen? But see, you're in a different situation. And you're going to have to just acclimate to that and stay in touch with God and let nothing come between you and the Lord, even that sheetrock over your head. Another truckload of this. Instead, you need to say, Dear Lord, thank you. There's another truckload of sheetrock. And I'm going to just pump this stuff out quickly and by thy grace, dear Lord, I'm going to have a few moments I can think about you again. Thank the Lord I don't live in Afghanistan. Where they don't have any sheetrock, all they have is dirt and no food. Amen? Thank you, Lord, that I'm not in prison like Joseph was.
Thank you, Lord, that my brothers didn't hate me to the place they wanted to kill me and put me in a pit and sold me for money. Thank you, Lord, I'm not in the position where some woman is trying to steal my purity from me and pestering me to death every time I come to my place of work like Joseph was. You can count the blessings, amen? And then Ace won't be so much of a burden. Amen? Or your job there at the fort. Under that superior, you can't stand his guts. And the only reason is because he can't stand you. And he hates your Christ and hates everything about you. Or in your opinion, he's just a plumb idiot. And you have to just thank God for that idiot that you have to work for. Amen? It's all in the way you look at it. Amen? And just and nothing else you can say. I, you can say in your heart, I thank God that I'm not an idiot like he is. Amen? There's a good side to everything. But you've got to look for it. And say, dear Lord, thank you. You saved me by your grace. And I'm not going to hell like he is. And I don't have a filthy mouth like he, he has. Dear Lord, save that sorry rascal. I'm getting sick of him. Please save him so I can put up with him. <laughs> Amen? If you don't save him right away, Lord, make him miserable. And then you go up to him and with tears in your eyes say, Sir, I'm praying for you. You're such a terrible, wicked sinner. God's really going to burn you in hell real bad, sir. And I've just been praying for you every day. And so just be counting on my prayers for you. And I want you to know I love you. I can't hardly stand you, but I do love you. That guy, I'll say, this crazy nut. He thinks you're crazy anyhow, so just go all the way. Just open up. But then if you tell him you pray for him, then pray for him. And he'll get nervous. You just walk in his presence. He'll say, oh, he's praying for me again. I know he is. <laughs> Amen. Just, just, it's the way you look at things. For 13 years, how would you like to be a 17-year-old boy? And your brothers sell you. And for 13 years you didn't see brother, sister, mama, daddy, uncle, aunt, nobody. Didn't see anybody. You were down in a foreign country where a bunch of heathens who worshipped, I think, the Nile River and worshipped the, worshipped the, uh, everything, the flies and worshipped everything. Worshipped all kinds of foolish, wicked stuff. Well, why didn't he lose his faith? Because his faith was anchored in the Christ of Calvary. The God who was going to send the blessed Lord Jesus for him. He had faith in the Word of God that he'd heard. And he didn't forget it. He had it embedded into his heart and mind. Somehow, miraculously, and he was able to sustain 13 whole years. That's a long time, friends. We've only been here 14 years with this church. That seems a while. 13 years. So there's no excuse. We need a greater emphasis again on purity. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Bow our heads for prayer. Oh, that we'd be blessed like Joseph was blessed. But we're going to want to have to want His blessings, that we love Him like Joseph loved Him. 
You know what he said when his life was older, when he was at least at his 30, 30 years old, a little bit older than that, and his brothers came to him, and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, to sustain much life. It's all the way you're looking at it, friends. Have faith in God. God honors faith and faith honors God. Ask for His blessings and seek His blessings and don't let anything come between you and the blessings of God.